Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Business Excellence Podcast. My name is Rail Bricker, coming to you from Perth, Western Australia. For a value added extra, excellencepodcast.com has heaps of free resources for you to download. That is excellencepodcast.com. And with me today is Abigail Barnes joining us from London in the United Kingdom. Welcome, Abigail. Thanks for having me. So, Abigail, your your LinkedIn profile, which you know is becoming the sort of standard now. You look at it, you want to know anything about anyone, you go look at their LinkedIn profile. It says you're an award-winning entrepreneur, an author, and an international speaker. And in the back of it, it says Abigail Barnes and a clock and time management. So I'm trying to do the visual representation. How how did you get into something like time management and productivity? Um, so, well, I'm sure we're going to get into my story, so I won't sort of drop that just yet. But in, I talk about it in my book, actually, in the introduction. Uh, age four, my dad used to come home from work every day and tell us about what he had been doing at work. So he was into time management. He was a time motion studier, worked for local councils. And um, I was just fascinated by the stories he told about what people did and how they did it. I then went on to university um, and studied business and marketing management there. And we talked all about time management. And then I had a over a 10-year career in investment management and asset management and hedge funds, where obviously time management in the financial sector is um, super, super important. So it was just built on and reinforced and reinforced and reinforced. Okay. And so, I mean, if, if I would say to you, give me a percentage of people in the world that are terrible at managing their time, at, you know, w- what would you say? I would say everybody knows how to manage their time, but not everybody has the same beliefs about time. And then the second thing is they don't have the motivation to want to start managing their time. Like time management isn't rocket science. And this is one of the big things I have with my clients. The, the answer that comes up so often, I know that, I know that, I know that. So then my question is, so why aren't you doing that mindset? Okay. And is it because our lives are too busy? No, busy is an excuse. Okay. So so you're saying everybody can do it, and even though our lives are busy is just an excuse not to do it. So let's start from a foundation and build on this. We all have the same 24 hours. So you have the same 24 hours as every single person you admire. So I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to your listeners. We've all got this same 24 hours. So why don't we have the same lives? We don't have the same beliefs. And these beliefs are creating our habits, our actions. And so if we get into the right frame of mind, then we can start having the same lives that other people have and busy is an excuse that we use to say I'm so busy and busy quite often means I either one don't know how to do it or two I'm slightly scared about doing it or three I don't know who I'll become when I've done it so I'm slightly scared about who I could become and how that will impact my life and my friends and my relationships and other people 
And it's not a popular thing to say to people, you're not busy, but it sets you free. The truth will set you free. Okay, so you you used a word there early on and you said we all have different beliefs about time. Explain that. So I'm so busy as a belief. Um, Other people's time is more important than mine. Uh, I'm too old to, to learn new things. It's too late to try different things and to, to try to, to change stuff. Um, it's going to take too long to stop now and create a new plan. I don't have time to read your book. That's one of the biggest ones. And my answer to anybody is it's 88 pages. If you want things to change, you will make the time. Okay, so you started your business some eight years ago now, and and you briefly alluded to having been in financial services and 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 you know what was your life like before you started your business? So life before my business was seventy hour weeks. It was very very busy. It was um, getting up maybe six o'clock in the morning, half five in the morning, going for a run, being in the office, six, seven in the morning, working all day, leaving eight, nine at night. Um, But there was a hole in my soul. I always wanted to be a business owner, but I didn't know what I was going to do and I didn't know how I was going to do it. I guess you would say I had a fixed mindset um, because I was not surrounded by any entrepreneurs Back in the day, I mean, the books on the shelf were literally Richard Branson's autobiography, and that was kind of it. And not knocking his autobiography, his books are inspirational. However, it wasn't a proof to me of, well, somebody like me could do it. So life was very much, this is, this is the path you're on and just stick with it until one day I got sent on a work business trip to America um, in 2012, and that's where everything changed. Okay, and that. Okay, so you, you can't leave that one hanging. I have to ask what changed. Yeah, so as I said, I always wanted to be a business owner, and I thought that going on this work business trip was going to kind of fill this hole in my soul. Um, so I fly to Boston in America. Um, And my friend collects me from the airport and takes me to her parents' house uh, because we were spending the weekend together before Monday. I was then transferring to the hotel for a week of meetings. And her and I had worked together in a hedge fund. She now lived in New York. Her parents lived in Boston. So it was just it was, you know, happy coincidence of let's just get together and hang out. So. I arrive at her parents' house and her mother had made us Boston clam chowder. It was absolutely delicious. We had dinner, um, had some glasses of wine. I woke up the next day with a bit of a headache. My friend comes into the bedroom and says to me, um, Abigail, come on, get up. Let's let's get on with the day. And I said, just, just give me a minute. I've got a bit of a headache. Um, well, fast forward, the symptoms went from a headache to black and white lights flashing in front of my eyes, to being unable to leave the bed to go to the bathroom to be sick, to having to ask her, was there a dustbin in the room that I could be sick in? At which point her mum walks past the bedroom door and and looks in and sees her house guest throwing up in a dustbin. 
So asks, are you okay? I say, not really. I, I think I've got a migraine. I've never had one before. Um, these are my symptoms. To which she says, I'm calling an ambulance. So if you can picture this, I am the worst house guest in the world. It's eight o'clock on a Saturday morning. Um, and we were supposed to be going shopping. And now an ambulance is being called to a residential street in Boston. Fast forward 24 hours later, they are performing tests on me to find out what's actually happened. And I am woken by a doctor and the doctor tells me, we've got the results of your test, ma'am. You had a stroke. Yeah, that's and I'm like, confronting. <laughs> I'm like, what? Wow. And the doctor said, yeah, we know. So the next thing I then said was, can I go to work on Monday? To which the doctor said, no, ma'am, you're going to the intensive care unit so that we can work out why this happened so it doesn't happen again. But all I could think was, I've got a job. I've got things to do. My boss is going to kill me. Like, I can't be sick. I, I need to go to work. Illness is weakness. Like, come on. The, the clock is ticking. Time is time is running out. You said, was, you, you said something there. Illness is weakness. I mean, and you were in the hedge fund business. It's very much that if you take a sick day off, then you're left behind by your colleagues. That's the, the culture of that financial services industry. Yeah, and, and that, was, um, that was the rock bottom. And that was the, the realization that I'm not going to be able to control this. I can't get my way out of this. Um, I'm not I'm not able to go to work. It can't all just brush under the carpet and come back together. Like something fundamentally changed. And maybe your audience have had their awakening in 2020 during lockdown. Maybe life has just totally fallen apart for them. And, and they're now saying, I, I want something different. Or maybe they've spent more time with their families and have decided that the lifestyle that they had before is the one that they want. So 2012 was my lockdown. It was my awakening. It was my pivotal, pivotal moment. And so the last nine years have been a rebuild from a career to a business owner, to an author, to a speaker, as you said at the beginning. And um, yeah. Well, the question, and as, a, as someone who's been self-employed for pretty much my whole life, I guess the question I ask is, are you having fun? I am having so much fun and I have never felt more alive and yet more scared, more challenged, more confronted. But what I have recognized on this journey is that the, the more we take the steps outside of our comfort zone, the more we feel and the more we feel, the more life gives back to us and reflects back to us energy, people, excitement, new chapters. And yeah, it's just it's super, super exciting. So, so tell me something. You've developed a, a formula called the Triple Eight Formula. Tell me a little bit about that. And, and then following on that, I want to look at how the challenges of lockdowns and how people have managed their time and their productivity during lockdown. But let's start with your formula, your 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 success formula for 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 management your your triple a formula 
Yeah, so this really came about from being invited to come in and speak about time management to audiences. And as I said, people were sitting there in the audiences and they were saying, I know that, I know that, I know that, I know that. So every slide I was putting up, talking about all of the things time management related, how to chunk, how to do this, how to do that, how to um, traffic light your time, et cetera, et cetera. People were saying, yeah, yeah, I know that. And then one slide I put up had 888 on it. And Raoul, people got their phones out. They took photos of this, um, this slide. They took to social media. They shared it with their friends. They private messaged me. This has changed my life. And the formula is so incredibly simple. It is 24 divided by three. And the three areas are the important key areas of our life. So the first is the science. So science says we need to be sleeping between seven and nine hours. So let's call that eight. Society says we need to be working eight hours. So then what is left? is our life. So this is the middle eight, if you like. So um, this middle eight is sandwiched by science and society. So the middle eight is everything. It's the jam. It's our, um, our relationships. It's our food, shopping for it, cooking for it, cleaning up for it. Um, it's our washing. It's our house maintenance. It's our life admin. It's our hobbies. It's our commute, right? Prior to lockdowns, lots of um, my clients were spending hours commuting. Some of them spend four hours a day commuting. So that came out of their life. So suddenly over lockdown, they now have more time for their life. So this is where the transformation and the, uh, the pivots and the realizations have been so huge because people's time has fundamentally changed. So the formula has been around for years. People have been dividing 24 uh, hours by all sorts of different ways. It's not new, but the fact that it's being delivered now is transforming people instantly. They're going, oh, I'd never thought of it like that. Oh, I don't think I'm getting enough this. I don't think I'm doing enough that. Actually, I think I'm probably working 16 hours a day. And if your audience is mainly entrepreneurs, then they will identify with this. Like, I just need to work as hard as I can work to build the business. And then, then I'm going to retire. Um, and, and then it's going to become an instant cash machine. And the funny thing is, first of all, there's no joy in that. You have no life. And second of all, like, when do you then stop? Because entrepreneurship is a way of life. It's an excitement. It's a way of being. It's not a, it's not a five-point business plan of I'm going to make a bajillion pounds and then I'm going to stop and, and go to this beach and, and drink um, coconut cocktails because where's that beach? And I actually don't like coconut cocktails. <laughs> so, so tell me, so, so looking at, at 2020 and majority of 2021 and the world in different places being in various states of lockdown, um, you know, they, early on in, in the COVID piece, there were lots of surveys and things coming out and Microsoft made statements about staff being 25% more productive working at home. Um, you know, how is that supposed increase in productivity from the work from home lockdown environments, how has that actually impacted on the other eights? 
So if we think about it, as humans, we've got human needs and our human needs, our greatest human need is connection with other people. But also one of our human needs is purpose and contribution that we want to feel like we are, we are doing things. So when it came to being more productive at home, we were more productive at home because we had things that we wanted to do. And then we started to recognize how everything was fitting in and everybody was in a different boat. So we've all been in the same storm, but we've all been in different boats doing different things over the last 18 months, if you like. So in some people's boats, they had families they needed to look after. Um, they had relationships, they had dogs. So at one point I was saying people were, you know, cat wrangling, dog handling, kid, kid managing, food, food cooking, as well as, as job working. So people were trying to do all of the different things. And naturally then people were recognizing this is how much time I've got. So this has got to be done now. This has got to be done now. This has got to be done now. And this is where organically the kind of um, freedom lifestyle, if you like, has just been appearing for different people. So the productivity went up because people recognized this is the only time today I've got to do this work. So it's got to be done now. There was no time to procrastinate. But then what happened as the pandemic went on was that people didn't understand how to set boundaries around everything because this had never happened before and boundaries are something that's almost learned behavior like social cues of oh it's the end of the day everyone's going home but when you're home alone and your mobile phone which is quite often related to work has your your friends messages on it but also work related messages on it when do you stop and so then people weren't so then we have the burnout situation coming, the Zoom fatigue, the, the too much, because suddenly we had so much time. So then it come, come, comes to conversations about structure, about lifestyle, about what kind of outcome do you want? And now we're in a whole world of, well, people have never really, truly been allowed to say what they want. Well, so now we're in a, a world of daring to dream. Well, yeah, I mean, there's an interesting concept. I was talking to some partners at professional firms, and they were saying to me that when they obviously went into lockdown and sent all their staff to work from home, they felt at senior management level that staff were trying to prove that they weren't wasting company time. I know that sounds like a weird concept, but by by actually overworking. And eventually they had to turn around to them and say, you know, we're asking you to bill our clients seven and a quarter hours a day. If you're billing 10 hours a day, it's not something we're going to pat you on the back for. It's actually something we're going to go, hey, slow down because it's impacting on this, this thing. I, I hate the term work-life balance. I like life-work balance. I think life-work balance makes so much more sense in my head. Um, you know, do you think we're getting back to some normalization now that you say that people are daring to dream? You know, they, they're working from home, but they're getting into a routine of managing their life? A hundred percent. We've been sailing in an imperfect storm that nobody's ever navigated before. Um, but it's starting to become familiar and people are starting to recognize 
my ego's writing checks that my body can't cash, to quote one of my favourite movies, Top Gun. Mm -hmm. You can't keep doing these things. And also, as you were just saying there in that example, it comes down to good leadership. And so when you're in an office and you're face-to-face, people are leading by um, social cues. But when you're at home, how do you lead? So organizations that have been helping their talent to work out how to manage their time and how to create a a balance that works for them have been organizations with talent that has been succeeding versus organizations that haven't have been organizations with talent who now are starting to, to look around for new roles and leaving and and or burning out and or productivity is starting to dip again. Now, you get out what you put in. But if you don't know what you don't know, then how can you do it? So a lot of this um, pandemic has really been around the leaders and leadership and stepping into that role of leadership for yourself. First of all, how do I lead myself? How do I fill up my own cup every day? Um, What do I do? How do I do it? And then for how do I teach others how to do it? And you, the best way to teach is by doing. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I've always had a full office set up at home and for years I've got up at six 30 in the morning check my email, sent emails to my staff, and then they know I might go to the gym from 9 until 10 in the morning. It's an odd time of day, but they're already aware that I've led them by example by spending that first hour of the day clearing my email, and then I can go to gym and actually focus on my gym. So it doesn't have to be this contiguous eight-hour block. Amazing. So, so you've published your book. You, you You've been running this business for you know, near on nine years or eight years now, what's the one piece of advice you would give your younger self? Um, I would always say to myself, and I say it now, is do it now. Do it now. Do it now. No one's going to give you permission. You're not going to feel ready. Um, Quite a lot of the time as entrepreneurs, I would say we're visionaries. So we're ahead of our time. So don't look around and see what other people are doing. Do it. And don't and back yourself. Don't doubt it. So um, I think that's one of the biggest things. And that's the opposite from the corporate world, because the big thing I felt in the entrepreneur world, where's the rule book? For years, I thought there was a rule book everyone else was following. And I was the only person that didn't have it and didn't know. And now the rules are there are no rules. Go for it. Absolutely. Well, you quoted Richard Branson earlier, you know, the first, you know, one of his books says, do it, you know, screw it, let's do it. You know, that's, that's philosophically the, the best entrepreneurial advice. So unfortunately, we've been talking about time management, and it looks, my clock is pointing at me and telling me that I'm out of time. So thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing your ideas about time management, productivity, and, and, And I guess in a positive sense, because most people have traditionally seen time management as a chore, not something that makes them better and more productive. So the way you've explained it, the way you've put it across as this thing that makes you a better person, not just a chore you have to do, that's fantastic. So thank you very much, Abigail Barnes from London, for joining us on the Business Excellence Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And a a little quote that I'll leave your audience with is, it's your time. 
it's your time, your 24 hours. But the other thing is, it's your time. If there's a hope or a dream on your heart, do it now. Thank you very much, Abigail. And for our listeners who'd like to find out about what you do, get hold of you, get a copy of your book, how do they get hold of you? I'm sure you're going to leave all of this in the show notes, but I would just say connect with me on LinkedIn. And um, if you're on Instagram, I hang out over there quite a lot. So Abigail Barnes on LinkedIn, on A Barnes Author on Instagram. That's fantastic. Thank you, Abigail. And this is Rail Bricker signing off for another edition of the Business Excellence Podcast with a reminder to pop along to excellencepodcast.com where you can download a number of free resources to help you on your journey to excellence in both your business and your life.